0: You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, delighted to say uh, our guest on the show today is uh, Sharon Pryor. A very good morning to you, Sharon. Good
1: morning. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, welcome back. I know you've been on uh, Community Now before. You've been talking about um, the work of Pace. Yes, it was quite a while you. ago, actually. A little while yeah, ago. And we're going to be yeah. finding out about about Pace a little bit later on if people aren't uh, aren't aware of it. Also about um, your work with Morelands College yeah. um, and also about Urban Saints as well. People m- might recognize that name. They Might know under a different different name. Um, But this was your 34th year this year, wasn't it? Um, Leading these these camps, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: remarkable stuff. We're going to find out all about it during the show today. Um, But I guess we'll begin. Um, with your walk, really, your your testimony, how you came to faith, mm. um, and how you came uh, to Jesus. Yes, yeah, where so did it all begin?
1: Where did it all begin? Well, I didn't. I wasn't. Didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't have a Christian parents or family. Uh, as far as I'm aware, I didn't know any Christians at all. Um, and I was. I left school. I was quite a good girl at school, and so I did. I worked hard and did my work and my homework. Um, and then. Um, When I left school, I went to work in um, a hospital um, training to be a medical microbiologist. Um, I wanted to go to university, but my parents couldn't afford um, to send me. Um, And so I went to work. And so I was working as well as training. Um, So I was working in a hospital in North London um, doing medical microbiology. Um, And when I was 21... Uh, I started to um, get quite anxious because it was my final exams. Um, and so uh, my dad was clearing out the loft um, and in a box in the loft, there was a, a Gideon New Testament. Um, it's not called Gideon's anymore. It's called Good News for Everyone. Um, but I started reading this Gideon New Testament. Um, and as I said, I was quite um, I thought of myself as quite a good person. I thought of myself as being um, uh, I believed in God, uh, I thought I was uh, going to go to heaven because that 's what happened when you died. Um, but as I was reading this New Testament, I realized that actually there was much more to um, to life really than I had thought, and I was quite satisfied with my life I was um, had a good job mm-hmm. um, was doing my final exams, um, but then I realized that there was something missing, and so from then um, I started reading, and I remember i 'd seen um, a quote which i thought was a quote um in a magazine or something um and the quote was behold i stand at the door and knock oh. and so i thought i'm gonna find that because i'm sure that's from the bible although i didn't know um and so i started reading at matthew's gospel but of course it's in revelation so i i didn't quite get that far um because i got to a passage in john's gospel john chapter three where jesus is talking to nicodemus and and um Jesus talks about being born again. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't have any of the Christian jargon or anything like that. But I knew that there was something that I needed to do. And I remember that day praying and saying, Jesus, if you're real, I want to follow you. And then the rest is history.
2: Uh, it's quite incredible that you manage that journey with nobody around to Nobody's help. Me. Around nobody
1: around to help. Nobody counselling no.
2: you, nobody no. leading you, no friend close by. Just get hold of the book. Yeah. And it, it comes like that. And it's really interesting that because you mentioned uh, Gideon's, which are now called Good News for Everyone. Yeah. And I heard somebody speaking from the Gideon's, but Good News for Everyone yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And of course, the thing that they used to do was they put a New Testament in every hotel room. In fact, when we were talking just in in, in the
0: office before we came in
2: and uh, you said about Gideons, I was like,
0: okay, so you you picked that up in the hotel (laughs) hotel room. room, It must have been that way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but they also give them to to, uh, New Testaments to year sixes um, in every primary school. And so my brother had been given this New Testament ten years previously. It'd been in our loft for ten years at home. Um, And then suddenly, but do you know what that taught me? It taught me the power of God's
2: word. Yes. Well, I think obviously the Gideons good news for everyone i'm going yeah. to keep saying, <laughs> saying i'm never going to get <laughs> out of it uh the fact that they just put them in hotel rooms or in hospital bedsides yep. um indicates that they feel that as well because they're not there personally to help people no, they're just no. giving them the bible there to read maybe they think some people have got some background and might pick it up and Maybe from school days or even Sunday school days of a certain generation, but actually the power of uh, the word of God, just as it came for you. Yeah,
1: just so, actually. It, I mean, it, it was just it, like, it was like the words jumped off the page. Yeah.
2: So okay, so you you gave your heart to Christ. Yeah. In a
1: complete isolated situation. Absolutely, so yes. So what did you go and do then? Okay, so then I thought to myself, okay, well, if I want to be a follower of Jesus, the place to go is the church. Mm. Um, and we'd, I'd never really been to church, but my parents had got married in a, a church quite near where we lived in North London. Um, and I thought, I'll go along there. So um, one Sunday morning, I set off, um, walked through the doors and um, was handed about six books in my memory. I'm sure it probably wasn't that many, but it seemed like about six books. Um, And the whole, I sat through the whole service, but it was like a foreign language to me. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know which books to read. Um, The language was all um, kind of, yeah, it was like a different world. And so I came out of there and I didn't think the people were very friendly, actually. But mm. um, I came out th- there thinking, that's not the person that I'm reading about in the New Testament, mm. that they are not displaying that. And so I was quite judgmental, really. So I decided that I would have to be a follower of Jesus on my own because I wouldn't have even called <laughs> myself a Christian then because I didn't know the language. Yeah. So I decided I'd be a follower of Jesus on my own
0: i'm sure uh, many people who have uh, similar uh, testimonies are like uh, coming across and then realizing and you're right the first point yeah. of call like the first point of call if you're feeling unwell or you've been in an accident is to, to ring 999 many Absolutely. people think the first point of call if they've had this revelation or they yeah. they they want to find out more is, is go to the church i mean yeah. that could, and a negative experience that first sort of um uh, com- coming into contact, contact with church yeah. it could put a lot of people off, but obviously that that didn't with you. There was there was there was something well, telling you to just go a different way.
1: Yeah, but you see, what's interesting is, I I said, I, and I mean, I talked to God um, out loud um, because that's all I knew, <laughs> um, and I said, God, you know, that is not what I'm reading about in in the New Testament. So you're going to have to help me here because you know I don't know what else to do. And about two weeks later, somebody came to work um, in the microbiology department at the hospital where I worked. Um, I was given the job of training her. Um, And we got chatting um, over the different specimens that we were examining. Um, And she went to a church locally. So she was a Christian. She went to a church locally. And I explained my experience. And she said, oh, come along to my church. So I went along to her church the following Sunday. And there were lots of young people there my age. Um, They were very, very friendly. I understood everything that was going on. In the services, although I still didn't have all the jargon. Um, And so I just carried on going to that church. And so it was like God had put the pieces into place. Mm. For
2: me, and puts the people and into the place people. Yes. You as well. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But it is a lesson for the church. Anybody listening who's a minister, I went to a church on Sunday morning, and it was morning prayer, not something I'm used to. Yeah. And whatever was happening, I couldn't find the right places place, in the book. No, absolutely. And if somebody from the front said the next piece is on page five, or the next piece, I can do numbers. Yeah. I can work my way through the book, but I was flicking backwards and forwards like is trying to find it because it kept moving around i thought this is not good Uh, unfortunately i had to rush away at the end otherwise i would have buttonholed somebody (laughs) at the front and said please can you help people that might might not not, be used to the place so lesson learned if anybody's listening and
1: also (laughs) also, it's you know when you stand up when you sit down i mean I, i had no idea it was like i was in a completely foreign place yeah um because i had no background
2: yeah yeah, I, I was a bit stroppy on Sunday morning because people get getting up, and I didn't know they were supposed to. Get, and eventually, I just thought, I'm just going to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't move. <laughs> yeah, well, f- we're going to find out more about w- w- what happened next,
0: I and mean, yeah. Your work with um, uh, being a microbiologist as well. I want to find yeah. out about that interesting yeah. stuff. Uh, but we've come to the point where we're going to play your first song. The so- yeah, so- s- s- selection of songs that you've chosen today. The first yeah. one, um, "How Great Thou Art."
1: Yeah. So mm. I had this on my baptism. So, I was, um, so I, I started going along to um, my friend's church for about six months. Um, and then I lived completely the other side of town. And so, uh, one Sunday, it was really snowy. Um, and so, I was making my way to this church, but I, c- I couldn't get there easily because it, the roads were so icy. So, I, I pulled into the town centre and went to um, the Baptist church. And I walked in, and it was like I was coming home. And it was it was just amazing. There were a couple there that came up and spoke to me, uh, Ruth and Bill, um, and they would they would pigeonhole people they would they would go to people um, if they saw them coming in it was a big church there were about 300 people there but they could identify new people just by looking and they would they came up to you um and so they started talking to me i was at that church now and i still consider that to be my home church all all these years later Um, but i was baptized about um when i was 25 so four years later i was baptized at that church and i had this song
0: fantastic we'll listen to it now this is a version by all souls orchestra a powerful rendition of how great thou art performed by the all souls orchestra and choir as chosen by our guest on community now today as sharon the prior um we were just hearing uh, before before that song about you um it was enfield baptist church it that was you, indeed that you and what well, the name of the two the two guys that, that the Ruth that sp- and bill Ruth and bill yeah. um, they used to
1: run the young people's work right into their 70s wow. they were still running it wow. yeah
0: yeah Wow, real commitment um and, and and that's the church where you got where you got where i got baptized, baptized. Yeah. now for people listening mm-hmm. um who maybe I know, stumbled across this station maybe they hit the wrong button or something because that does happen yep. sometimes um why is it important uh, for for a christian or someone that is new to faith to be baptized why was it important yeah. to you
1: so i was baptized when i was 25 so about four years into um being a follower of jesus and um we had a great uh, minister at the church Trevor Thorne he's um he's gone to be with the lord now but um and he said to me one day about um being baptized and and i had thought because i hadn't come from a life of um drugs and rock and roll and all that i was actually you know, in some ways, quite a normal person, um, I didn't think I had a testimony um, because I couldn't, you know, I heard all these people stand on the stage and say that, you know, God had released them from drugs or alcohol or whatever. I didn't have that. And so um, he said, Trevor said to me, he said, well, I think you should be baptised. I said, but I don't have a testimony. And he said, no, you do have a testimony. And he had to show me that actually my testimony was just as valid as everybody else. The way I met God was just as valid Mm. as everybody else. Um, And so for me, my baptism was really an outward sign of the commitment that I had made to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. Um, And at first, I wasn't sure if my mum and dad would come. Um, to the baptism because they had had me christened when I was a child. And so it was almost like I was saying that that wasn't good enough Mm. for them. Um, But Trevor was very wise. And he he said to me, you know, until your parents are ready, even though I was 25, until your parents are ready, he said... um, We won't baptise you. Um, And it took about six months of talking and chatting with them. And eventually they said yes, and we will come.
0: They gave you the sign.
1: They, yeah, just like that. The bell that went off, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, yep. so they came to my baptism um, and I was baptised at Enfield Baptist Church in the baptistry there. And for me, it was a sign really to say to people, this is who I follow now. I'm following Jesus. I've made a commitment to him for life. um, And this is living my best life.
2: Well, you couldn't fit in the uh, baptistry, could you? In the, little,
1: <laughs> in the font. <laughs> no, in the font. You couldn't, no, no, no. couldn't
2: fit in the font, so a proper battery. But yeah. we were talking off air, weren't we, about the fact the Jesus Revolution film that's come out. Yeah. There were images there in the 1970s of people being baptised in the ocean. Yeah, Just loads of them, all doing what you did, uh, making an outward expression of their faith. But, you know, hundreds of them there in the ocean in California. Mm. But you had an experience a little bit more local.
1: Yeah. So more recently, I was uh, the minister. I'm I'm not any longer. Um, Someone else took over for me. But I minister at IFA Baptist Church. And um, we had an alpha course, which is a course that uh, it's about eight weeks that helps people understand about Jesus. Um, and um, one of the people from there decided to be a follower of Jesus, so she became a Christian, and she wanted to be baptised, but she wanted to be baptised in the river opposite (laughs) the church. Uh, So myself and uh, a guy called Paul, uh, we said we would baptise her in the river, um, but and it was in July, so it was fairly Hmm. warm-ish, and we thought it would be fine. But what we hadn't realised was how muddy the bottom of the river was and so there we were we were in up to our waist um and carol was in the middle paul was one side i was the other side and as we started to to tip her backwards to baptize her because when when you're baptized as an adult you go right under the water i realized that i was sinking into the bottom of the river and i looked at paul and there was a look of of horror on his (laughs) face too um because we knew that we were not gonna all get up because when you baptize someone you you baptise them backwards and then the momentum brings them up usually but that's because the two people that are baptising are on solid ground <laughs> but we weren't on solid ground and at one stage i really thought we were all going to go sailing down the river but we managed to hold it together and we were able to get her up as well so, so you
2: can get funny stories from all sorts
1: of Absolutely. church yes, in yeah, in yeah, um, and we didn't get i mean she got totally wet but we didn't so that was good
2: <laughs> <laughs> good story good story so uh,
0: so uh, maybe even a few years later. So what age were you there? Were you when you got baptized? I was so twenty-five. 20, twenty-five. When I got baptised, and yeah. then um, we fast forward. I mean, you're here now um, yes. in Bournemouth. Uh, yeah. How did you end up? How did you end up here? Gosh,
1: lots of different um, things. So um, I carried on working as a microbiologist mm. in North London, um, and then I had um, a kind of crossroads moment really in my life as to whether um, I'd done all of my um, qualifications, um, and so I had the choice of going for a senior role in medical microbiology or what, leaving and um, going to Bible college. And, and I'd really, all, all my life, I suppose, I, I hadn't really been introduced to Jesus. And I didn't want young people mm. to get to adults without having heard about Jesus. And so I thought, well, actually, I, I think I'm being called now to tell children and young people about Jesus. So um, after a lot of, of thinking and praying, I decided it was time that I left microbiology, although I absolutely love doing it um, and go to Bible college. So I went to Bible college in Birmingham um, and then I worked for Crusaders after Bible college um, and I worked for Crusaders for five years. They're now called Urban Saints, um, doing um, running groups, training volunteers to reach out to children, and young people um, and after that, I then went to Morelands College as a lecturer. So that's how I came to be down here.
0: Fantastic. So uh, taking that call. And was that, was that a feeling you had about um, talking to young people and working with young people? Or, was, or or did you feel a message? Did you feel a, pr- a prompting? No,
1: I, I wouldn't have said... I mean, I didn't hear an audible voice from God or anything like that. It was just, you know, I have this choice now, mm. which which is going to be the right thing. And, and after prayer, I, I suppose I just had a gut feeling that... Mm my life now was going to take a turn and and it was going to be focused on children and young people.
2: Because microbiology jump into working with young people is quite a quantum leap. It's
1: quite a quantum leap, but I learned so much more than just microbiology working at the hospital. yeah. yeah. So so I learned lots of transferable skills. I learned about teamwork. I learned about how you get on with people. I learned about explaining things to patients in simple language. Mm. Um, And so I'm really committed to that in the church now that we have to explain things in simple language rather than using all the Christian jargon that... That many people like myself yes. didn't understand. But
2: micro explanations as yes. opposed to <laughs> <the> macro explanations. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and microbiome, just for anybody who doesn't know, What do you do as a microbiologist? I'm
1: not going to go into lots of detail because it could be quite unpleasant in Uh, the morning. But if you have ever um, been to the doctor and given a specimen of any kind, um, I would be the one that would be examining it and then telling the doctor what was wrong with you and what to treat you with.
2: Right. Very important element in the whole process and things yeah. yeah uh, as moving into uh, uh, working amongst young people as well yeah
0: yeah well you you said that you weren't you weren't sure before you got baptized whether you had a testimony because you didn't have the the, the drink or I the recovery the the drugs of, and stuff yeah, like that it, yeah. uh, but then reflecting back i mean moving into working with young people based on like well like you said you didn't have those you didn't have those promptings or those, no, those answers or no. that, that that guide when you were young so um and you i mean you Helping been involved with um, Crusaders or Urban Saints. Saints they are now yeah. for 34 years.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so when I left, um, so even before college, actually, yeah, even before college, I got involved because um, Enfield Baptist Church had a Crusader group mm-hmm. that met on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and so I got involved there. But just before that, and this is really quite an interesting piece of my testimony, actually. Um, so I'd been going along to Enfield Baptist Church for about six months. Um, this is before I was baptised. Um, and they asked me if I would um, get involved in the Sunday school. And so um, I said I would, although I hadn't been a Christian for that long. And so they w- I didn't know very much about the Bible, to be fair. Um, so they put me with a group of eight to 10 year old boys <laughs> who were, mm. shall we say a bit of a challenge. Um, and they had been in the church all their lives. And so they had been in Sunday school all their lives and they knew far more about the Bible than I knew. And so after a while it became obvious. I, I mean, I used to go home and tear my hair out on a Sunday because I just thought, I don't know how I'm going to teach these. So suddenly it, it, it was, um have I done, you know, am I doing the right thing by working with children? Um, but after a, a a little while, I went in and I said right now from now on you are going to teach me because you know far more <laughs> about the Bible than I do Good method, and and they took it really seriously and wow. so the first thing they wanted to teach me was the um, story of the sower, the parable of the sower because they said if, if they're going to teach me all this good stuff from the Bible it had to go into good soil and I had to understand that mm. um, and so yeah so for about two years um, they taught me the stories of the Bible that I didn't know
2: That's, that's a great story, I like that way round uh, but actually taught Talking about testimonies actually leads so well into your next piece of music. So do you want to tell us about this particular testimony? Yeah,
1: so so this is really interesting. So when I moved down um, here to work at Moorland, so this is fast forwarding a few years, um, my dad had been made redundant from work and he was a a plumber and central heating fitter. Um, And he'd been made redundant at the age of 58. So we weren't sure if he'd get another job um and so i i was really i'm in an d do, do i calm don't i you know who's going to witness to my parents if i'm not around and that kind of thing um, but I, I felt it was right to come down um, here to um, to live and to work at Moreland's College. The day I moved into the flat at Moreland's, I had a phone call from my dad. Now, my dad never phones me. It was always if he picked up the phone when I phoned, it was I'll get your mum. Um, <laughs> and, and he phoned me up and to say that he had got a new job and the job was the caretaker at Enfield Baptist Church oh wow (laughs) how amazing is that yeah and so he he spent some really really happy years there I think he was there about 15 years as the caretaker at the church and got on very well with the minister and and so so when he died um, and he died very very quickly of lung cancer um, his funeral was absolutely packed with all the people from the church and we had this this hymn Amazing Grace Um, my dad loved this hymn uh, and so we had it at his funeral so that's why I wanted to play it today Here we are.
0: Beautiful, beautiful stuff from the kingdom choir there and amazing grace. Ryan Stevenson there with a track called Carry Me from his latest album called Abel, which is available right now at Keith Jones Bookshop uh, down Hinton Road um, in Bournemouth. Along with um, those two book recommendations today as well, one by local uh, author Mike Meller, and also well, the story behind um, Amazing Grace. I don't want to keep going on about it because we we, we, have, we have mentioned it and we just accepted it's happened. But that, a complete coincidence there um, that you'd happen to have uh, chosen Amazing Grace there, mm. um, Sharon. And, that, and we have a book all about the song as the first recommendation on today. So these things happen. Yes. You uh, are <laughs> uh, worried about exams and you're looking for books in the attic and what do you come across? You come across a copy of the gideon bible there's no such thing as a coincidence i hear plenty of people um saying so um love that and even that book um one by uh mike meller um also available now at keith jones bookshop i'm um, talking about you know those um those hurdles those um mm. those, those those barriers in church in in, in reaching people which mm. you were Part of your testimony
2: absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: before. Um, if you're just joining us, we're speaking to uh, Sharon Pryor, our guest on today's edition of Community Now, with myself, Dan, and also with uh, my very good friend, uh, Ian Robertson, sat next to me, um, uh, sitting in, it takes two of us, to take the reins of Blair's show um today and already we've had some some brilliant stuff from you from your story um Sharon but um you just wanted to add something to that song we were just listening to there
1: I think I mean the carry me I think is really important so as I said earlier um I I thought I was quite a good person. And then I realised that actually all of us do things wrong. All of us um, do things and say things that we shouldn't, or maybe we leave things unsaid that we shouldn't. And it's only through Jesus and his death on the cross that I can be forgiven for those things. And so for me... um, some people say oh well if you become a Christian your life is going to be all lovely yeah. after that and, yeah. and it's just not And um, but what I will say is that, that Jesus will carry you through as it said on that song um, because there have been lots of times over the, the years that I've been a Christian which is many years now um, where I haven't known what to do and I, I think Lord I don't think I can go through this and particularly when I think about when my dad died um, how do you cope with the grief of that um, and it might just be that there are some listeners out there today that are in that weak place and but what i can say is that that god can make you strong and whilst i try to live my life as a christian and i do because um of all that Jesus has done for me, um, there are times when I mess up Mm. and there are times when I feel weak and I can't cope. um, But Jesus is always there and will see you through those things. Mm. So the carry me, I I say, is is part of my experience in that song that we've just heard, that Jesus has carried me through many, many different things that I didn't feel I could cope with.
0: Yeah, it's that that strength, isn't it? Because you hear Mm. um, a lot of testimonies here on Hope FM and I'm always... I'm someone that's conflict averse. I'm not sure about about you Um, as I as I get older um, more and more to the point (laughs) where (laughs) I I just (laughs) I just avoid certain situations that might not even blow up into confrontation. Um, And I'm hearing uh, in in testimonies and stuff of people even a, a little thing about going to church and it doesn't it doesn't meet expectations Mm -hmm. or um, there's something, something's gone, gone wrong and it hasn't been inviting or it's been overwhelming. And, and all of those things. And I have this, almost like checking myself and thinking, Mm -hmm. my goodness, getting over all of those um, barriers because people would say, you're born again. Um, Everything from there on, you've got God on your side. Mm -hmm. It must be so, so easy, but it's almost like, new barriers that you didn't know were there before suddenly suddenly appear Mm. so um you find strength in, in God, but yeah. you've also found strength in those other people who you sent in these places that have come alongside you as well.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's it's about having the people around you. So the importance of going to a church where you've got a fellowship, a group of people who are um, all trying to do the same thing as you mm. and follow Jesus with their life. You need those people around you at times like that. And as you say, you know, God is there. God will see you through. But sometimes that's hard to believe when you're going through a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've got a friend at the moment who's been, just been diagnosed with cancer and, and it's really hard for her. But she's, she's really standing on the promises that she has learned over so many years to carry her through this next stage. She doesn't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. None of us really know what's going to happen. Um, but we do know who holds us through those times.
0: I think we'll move to your next song now, because I think think this leads nicely into into the next one. Um, Cornerstone by Hillsong Worship. Why have you chosen this one?
1: I've chosen this one because it talks about when we are weak, then we can become strong because God is on our side.
0: Here we go. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Yeah, listening to our Community Now um, today, maybe you're listening live on the Wednesday or you're listening on Sunday uh, morning. My name is Dan. I'm joined by Ian today, both of us sitting in uh, for Blair. And we are joined today by uh, Sharon Pryor, who's been sharing an amazing a um, story with us um, today and choosing some brilliant music um, too. Um uh, we need to move the story on to the next stage because there's still yeah. plenty to talk there's about. There's lots more and to talk about. And we've got yeah. about 45 minutes left. And yeah. we want to <laughs> we we make sure that we cover every single last bit as much as we can um, anyway. Um, we... We heard that you went to, um, you left your job in uh, microbiology. Yeah. Um, you wanted to work with young people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you went, you went to uh, Bible College in, in, in Birmingham. And then we fast forward a little bit. And then you're suddenly here in Bournemouth. You're at uh, Morland's <laughs> College, College, the, the worldwide right. known Morelands College yeah. um, down here. Um, how did that come about?
1: Well, it's interesting. Cause so I le- when I left Bible College, I worked um, as an a area development worker. It was called Four Crusaders, which mm. is now Urban Saints. And um, so that I worked in North London and then in the Midlands for a bit. Um, and it was setting up groups so that um, children could hear about uh, Jesus and um, and all that he had done for them. And so I, I did that for uh, five years. And, and then I really felt that it was time to train more people to be youth workers to, tr- to reach out to more children, young people. And I applied for the job at Moorlands, um, and, and I got it, which I was quite surprised about because um, I was quite young compared to most of the other staff there at the time. Um, and so I went off to Moorlands. I started there looking after um, the students that were there um, as the director of student care. Um, But then whilst I was there, I did a a teacher training course. um, And so I started um, training on the youth and community programme and then on the community and family studies um, degree programme. Um, And so now I was training people to go out into churches all around the world, actually, um, to work with children and young people. And so that whole sense of of multiplication, I think, is really important with because I think God wants to multiply um, his work and multiply the numbers that um, come to him uh, to and accept him as um, Lord and Saviour. And we see that in the Acts, in the Bible in Acts, where you know 3,000 people were added um, to their number. And so for me, it's, it's how can we have the biggest impact for um, Christianity um, and for young people? Um, mm-hmm. Because I know that the best way for them to live their lives and live their lives in all its fullness is if they accept Jesus um, as their Lord and Saviour. And so I started working at at Morelands and I was there for twelve years originally.
0: 12 years and that takes you nicely to uh, well you went at Morelands so after that 12 years yeah, so, um, you en- yeah. you ended up somewhere else but I, which I know that Ian here is very familiar with where absolutely. did you end up absolutely
1: so I ended up in Sheffield yes. so I moved up to Sheffield for two years originally um, to work at Cliff College um, and I was teaching on there uh, at the time diploma it's since become a degree in children's evangelism and nurture mm. um, so I was doing that part time and then I led a church up there a Baptist church part time as well um, I was only going to be there for two years but in the end I ended up there six and a half years. I had a great time in Sheffield um, but it's your old stomping ground Ian isn't it? Uh,
2: it is, my hometown and of course Blair worked there uh, for many many years uh, mm-hmm. in the YMCA which took him on the path that eventually crawled him down to Bournemouth to be the director of the YMCA TV so you, you probably, you're probably followed uh, him I you're think. following <laughs> him on whatever road it is uh, down oh, yeah, here yeah, yeah, yes. and of course Blair and I worked on the commercial radio station there Radio Hallam, mm. uh, but uh, yeah, I still get back there, uh, but uh, not as frequently as I would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's been for funerals, I'm sad to say, because of uh, people of a uh, of a certain age. But Cliff College was always a great memory for many Christians in Sheffield, because every year about Whitsun time they had an anniversary, they called mm-hmm. it, so a wit weekend. I think it was not a wet weekend. Wit weekend. <laughs> it was
1: often wet, though.
2: <laughs> it, it can be about, <laughs> uh, Where they had some very, very big speakers and worship leaders mm. uh, that used to gather and um, uh, a, a lot of great uh, speakers of the past that would mm. be there, people like David Pawson um, and and other people like that. So I have great memories from uh, from those times and of course that's in Derbyshire but literally just over the hill yeah. um, uh, from Sheffield but yeah, so really good story of you working there. No, yes. So
0: not So not true Yorkshire then?
1: Uh, it's South Yorkshire it well South Yorkshire. Cliff College is in Derbyshire but yeah. I lived
2: in South Yorkshire yeah. Yeah. South, yeah. South Yorkshire is uh, is, is Sheffield uh, yeah. which over the years of course has changed immensely mm. being the steel town that it was and all that went and lots of new things were, were developed in, in Sheffield um, so yeah raised in Sheffield and uh, moved back there for a while but, uh, but Cliff College was a firm favourite for visits for me mm. and some of the staff there I didn't know over the years people like Howard Belburn, who was the principal uh, so uh, yeah and then of course you, you left there and came back? Yeah, so
1: I came back because Moreland's contacted me and said, um, we'd like you to come back. So I came back to <laughs> She's Moreland's. She's a
0: comeback kid, <laughs> yeah. Nice to be in demand. Um,
1: yeah, so I came back um, only to work part-time then. So I was still doing um, training um, with uh, churches, um, training them in children's and and youth work. Um, so, yeah, so I, I headed up the Moreland's Midlands Centre in Birmingham for a bit, although I was living down here, just travelled up for the weeks so I was teaching there. Um and I'm, I'm still working for Moorlands and supporting students with um, dyslexia and, and additional needs. But only, I'm only doing five hours a week now.
0: What are the challenges at the moment um, with supporting students, particularly uh, now, mm. compared to where maybe the, the first time round you were at Moorlands yeah. or the, when you were in Sheffield?
1: I think... I would say over the years, because when I first went to Morelands, it was 1992, mm. so a long time ago. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges is the, the lack of Bible knowledge that students have now. Okay, um, And so you're starting much further back. You can't assume that students have the same Bible knowledge as they had before.
0: Where does that stem from? Does that stem from not learning as much about it in... in- in school? Because, I mean, if I was yeah. in school, sort of like the, the 90s, I mean, I wouldn't say that uh, as a kid, my Bible knowledge was, was great, but we still had like compulsory RE lessons. We still uh, uh, sung hymns uh, in school. And there was a there was a basic knowledge there. You think yeah. that maybe kids don't don't have that or they're obviously not following you through after those initial And, and So years.
1: many more now are not going to Sunday school. Mm. And so, you know, people picked up. I mean, I didn't go to Sunday school, but people picked up uh, a lot from Sunday school mm-hmm. um, that they're just not they're just not doing now. So I think that that I would say is one of the challenges. And another challenge I would say is that um, it's it's harder now to get people to see um, training in youth and community work and theology as being um, a valid career.
0: But I guess if you're if you're arriving at morelands College or any other a Bible college with the intention of doing that. Do these students not already have sort of like a, a basis of this is, this is. What I want to do?
1: Yeah, well, so, some do. I would say probably about seventy-five percent mm-hmm. know what they want to do, um, and I think some some people choose a Bible college if they've been brought up in a Christian mm. um, life. They choose that because to them it might be the safer option than sure. going to a, okay. a university, yeah. another university. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it will just depend on people's circumstance, really. I, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and
0: I'm sure you've come across a lot of a lot of kids and young people from uh, a lot of different backgrounds and 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 different knowledge bases and uh, different passions and different objectives um, in life um, through some of your work that you've done with with Urban Saints and, and Pace. And we're going to get onto that very shortly. Yep. But I'll, I think we should go to another piece of yep. um, music now because we've got a few more to play. Um, why have you chosen this one? I chose,
1: oh, praise the name of the Lord our God, because for me, it's... When I look back on my life, and it's only with hindsight that you can see it, you just see how everything has fitted together. Nothing is wasted in God's economy. Um, And so when you look at that, you just have to praise him, really. And I love this song.
0: Oh, praise the name from Hillsong Worship, as chosen by Sharon Pry on today's edition of Community Now. Sharon's still with us? Uh, well, they're here for the for the full show um, today because <laughs> yeah. there is so much to get through. Um, we want to turn our attention to a, another organisation that you've been um, a, a working with, and it's an organisation that um, we've had we, we we've talked to a number of times here on mm-hmm. Hope FM, on both the breakfast show and on Community Now as mm-hmm. well. It's called Pace. Um, um people might have heard of it before might be familiar of it but it, it, if people aren't uh, what is pace what what does it stand for yeah, yeah. um
1: so having worked ba- going back to Moorlands, um i worked uh, and did a few years um heading up the midlands center and then numbers of students dropped and so i was actually made redundant for from that part of my role mm. at Moorlands. um but again god is just so amazing because within um well it was, within a couple of days, um, I then uh, got the job as director of PACE um, part-time. But I work um, for PACE as the director and PACE stands for Programme for Applied Christian Education. So it's a very small charity. We just work in Bournemouth Christchurch and Paul, local authority, um, and we go into schools. There's two parts to our work. Uh, One part is we go into schools and we do lessons, assemblies, and lunchtime after-school clubs, um, telling people uh, about Jesus. We believe at Pace that if that everyone, every child, young person, has to learn about Christianity. And so the best person to learn it from is a Christian. And so we offer our services to schools to go in and we do uh, blocks of lessons on who is Jesus, introduction to Christianity. Um, we do lunchtime clubs. We've got our big questions clubs um, that we run where young people can come and ask any question that they want to ask. Um, and then we also... Um, do uh, lunchtime um, and one after school now. uh, In two schools, two secondary schools, um, we do a youth alpha. Um, So these are for young people. 95% of young people um, from five for four now, isn't it, up to 18 in uh, BCP uh, will never go to a church, Mm. but they all have to go to school. And so we we go into school and we work with the head of RE uh, and the head teachers um, to actually put across the the message of what Christianity is all about so that's one part of our job, the other part of our job is we provide professional supervision um, for head teachers for um, safeguarding leads and for pastoral care workers in schools they're really having to to cope with all sorts, Mm. um, particularly since Covid, um, lots of um, children in trauma and distress lots of families in trauma and distress Um, and so they're giving out every day, all the time to um, these really difficult situations Uh, and so we go in and we're just the person really that they can um, offload with and and so for their own um emotional and mental well-being so so that's there's two parts um to what we do um and the first part the the lessons assemblies we're in about 80 percent of primary schools in Bournemouth Christchurch and Paul uh, on a regular basis uh, and about 50 percent of secondary schools
0: okay that that number there 80 percent because that was my next question how many schools you in I would never have expected it to be as high as 80%. As yeah, high I mean, as, schools, as schools
1: really want us to be in. I mean, we we do, we've got a schools work team, which is headed up by uh, Dave, Dave Pegg, mm-hmm. who's been on yep. the uh, community now before. Um, and, you know, they're doing a great job with really quality... Um, lessons and assemblies in these schools and schools appreciate what we do
2: and, and responses to it because obviously you provide you know what, what sort of responses do you get?
1: Uh, really really good responses I mean we we also work with volunteers and that's really important because we couldn't do what we do if it wasn't for the volunteers um, and so we, we've been running a lunchtime club at, at one school um, locally and um, we've got a couple of the local youth workers from the church that go in to help with that um, and many of those young people are now going to the youth work at the church um, as a result of it um, and so so we are seeing some connection um, there so yeah so it's just great we had a big event um, called resound which was over in Paul a few weeks ago um, we had nearly 400 uh, young people wow. and youth leaders at that um, on a Saturday evening between six and nine. Um, And we had fun on the school playing field with inflatables and sumo wrestling. And then we walked to the church and then we had a time of worship and a a guy from Youth for Christ um, spoke um, about what it means to... um, understand that jesus died for us and what that can mean for your life and so yeah so it was really good so we're seeing we're working a lot with uh, local youth workers in churches as well
0: and is it is it just primary schools or is it like no, secondary 50 secondary percent well? yeah. of secondary
1: schools we're okay. in That's, regularly yeah
0: we were talking talking before about obviously your work work with morelands and maybe you think people don't have like the biblical base but i guess working with with kids in school yeah. um, maybe e- even even less so um, so, yes. so 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 yeah. so going into those environments, but i guess the the one thing that always comes out of speaking to people who work with kids is um, kids probably ask. The questions that no Absolutely. one else is gonna ask, and that's ask. why we
1: have the big questions clubs because they can ask whatever they yeah. want in those. And, um, and you know, in secondary, is where we run the big questions club. Dave and Lisa, who are the two secondary schools mm. workers, I mean, they're just brilliant at answering questions and sometimes shocking children and young people because they've got a view of what mm. they think Christianity is. And when you come in and say, you know, actually, you can't earn your way, being good is not. The, the answer to being a christian it's actually because we're not good that we need Jesus and yep. so um so it then that kind of shocks some of the young people because I think that's it, not what they expected it's
0: breaking it down as well because yeah. you you got groups when uh, groups of kids are together and um maybe it's slightly afraid to to, mm. to step forward or to show an interest and yep. in stuff because the group collective uh denounces that yep. no uh that's 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 this or it, yeah it's, it's that it's, it's bringing those, those kids out of that to so just ask that that question because I would have had lo- I had looked didn't have anything like pace when when i was in school um just having that that basis to to ask those questions um there and the the numbers of schools that you're in across bcp yeah really Mm. pleasantly surprising i wasn't expecting that number
1: oh really right yeah i think people i mean we we do it on a very we're a very small charity Mm. very small staff team most of our work is done by volunteers um and you know and you can, it's coming back to that multiplication that God is in the mm. business of multiplication, mm. and so you can reach more and more young people that way.
0: Let's see. Should we get to another song? Mm. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I know you're a big fan of Cliff. Um, I'm. Yes. I'm a huge fan of the song "Wide for Sound," which is can like tell that. That because <laughs> of the
2: amount of time it's played, played. on Hope FM. It's yes. the
0: greatest song of the 80s. Yes. In yeah. fact, um, yeah. we. It's not wide for sound. It's, it's something else. To say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a very different atmosphere. It's, it's, but this,
1: this is the song I want at my funeral because oh, I just <laughs> think that this one is. Um, is really just a testimony of who I, what I can say about Jesus. In in my Christian life, he's always been faithful
2: here we go yeah. Cliff Richard and what's the song Ian? Uh, it's Faithful One and interestingly enough as you mentioned to be sung at your funeral uh, this is the song Cliff sang at Scylla Black's funeral mm. uh, I don't know whether Scylla requested that they were very good friends and it was also the song that Cliff sang a cappella uh, at his manager's funeral Bill Latham so it is quite a moving song very different from Wyatt for sound but yeah. just <laughs> as
0: good just as good here we go and now we're
2: Worship you The faithful
0: It's Cliff there with the track Faithful One. Good choice, um, Sharon. Um, what's the time? We've got 20 minutes left yes, um, of the long. show. There's <laughs> not long. We've still got a few bits to talk about, but I just want to find that it's sometimes good to throw some curveballs in sometimes. Ian, do you agree? Uh, yeah,
2: not you, <laughs> have me, though. Not usually,
0: won't do. <laughs> um, but, Sharon, you know what? I've got a feeling yeah. you'll be able to deal with these. So just to find out a little bit more about you, because right. we've found out about your testimony in war, but, you know, um, away from work, the sort of things that you like to do. So I've got three questions okay. for you. a little bit impromptu for you. Um, and and I'm, I guess I am nicking this feature from a popular um, Radio 4 um, yeah. uh, programme. Uh, right. still, okay. uh, still good. Still uh, good. What should we call this? Um, the, the Bournemouth Island... This? no, not quite. Um, but just to get outside of work right. and the sort yep. of things that you're interested in. What is your favorite? If you were stuck on this a desert island, then yep. um, and you could have one book, not the Bible. No, the Bible's okay. already there; it was placed by the Gideons. Yep. Um, uh, what book would what it book be? Would
1: I have? Well, my favorite book of all time, and I started reading this when I was about nine years old, and I've probably read it. I don't know how many times. Is Anne of Green Gables? That's what I would take with me. It's a children's book, but I love it.
0: You know that that we had that as a question on the um, a breakfast challenge um, uh, once, and lots of people, almost record numbers of people, um, according with the credit answer. Have you, you ever
2: read it? Uh, yeah, it's very encouraged by schools, of course, to mm. read as a sort yeah. of standard book. Yeah. So, um, and it, some people think it is a girls' book, but it's actually not true. Mm. It's just that, but it does have that sort of. Um, interest in it i think that's mm. lasted a long time not all books have the longevity of Anne of green gables
1: no but, but i think what i like about it most is that um she comes from a really difficult background and mm. she's empowered because mm. of the love of the people around her she's empowered to do so much more than she could ever think that she would be able to do mm. and i think that's what i want for young people today mm.
0: So that's what's on the bookshelf, um, yep. alongside the Bible in your lovely desert island. Yes. Uh, there, um, one record. Now we we can either go with record in the classic term, as in a, a a, a, one one song or record <laughs> right. in terms of of album. So I let you I let you choose okay. which which category we're going with. That we've already um, heard some great music today. Yeah, we have but if you had yeah. say one LP? Then we'll go with LP. Okay,
1: one LP. Well, we you've already talked, haven't you, about Wide for Sound? I've always been a Cliff Richard fan. Um, But I think, oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Which one would I go with? Actually, I quite like the LP. Um, wild, wild Sound. Yeah. Because the track on it is... But I lo- I don't think that's my favourite one. I think there are other tracks on there that I like.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we're getting some cliff on this desert yeah, island booming out as on well. on the
1: desert island would be good. Yeah.
0: And then you've got enough ingredients just to cook yourself one single meal in, oh, uh, that's for easy. Ev- every day that you're on this desert island. Every which meal is that it? would be easy.
1: It would be lasagna.
0: Lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, are you cooking that from scratch?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, brilliant. Yes. Good. What other ways there to cook it? Pa-
0: have you got one of those little pasta or are you getting are you pre- oh no
1: no 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 when you say from scratch no i don't make the pasta oh no. well, that's oh, not from scratch mean, no. then is it well i mean it's next close. week next week i'm going to be making it for 120 people wow okay so, well yes, yes you don't want to be rolling out <laughs> no. pasta for 120 <laughs>
0: buy the sheets buy the sheets okay. uh, great stuff um good stuff okay um we're gonna last thing we want to really find out about um is something you've been involved in for for a little while 34th year that you've been involved uh, with something called urban saints tell us about that
1: so i became involved back in oh gosh uh, 1985 i started um getting involved in camps that at that time it was called crusaders that crusaders ran and so i would go along to camps um, each year Um, some of those camps are at studland bay Um, and so i've just as a volunteer i got involved i then started working as an employee for three five years with um, Crusaders and then when I left there to go to Moorlands, I then carried on being a volunteer so I've done all kinds of things within um, Urban Saints I've been a trustee I've been a chair of trustees um, but the thing that goes all the way through is um, leading the camps at Studland um, and so yeah so we're we're due to start those on Friday we're putting oh, wow. the marquees up
0: so you got to get packing and get in the We've tents but Yeah,
1: absolutely. The tents have got to go
0: up. So talk us through a typical um, a camp then. Uh, the, or talk us through what's going to be happening
1: yeah. uh, from Friday. So we have eight camps there. Um... Over the summer period. Um, and then for different age groups, we have three family camps. Um, and then we have a, an eight to 10 camps, which I lead. Uh, and then an 11 to 15 camp and then a 14 to 18 camp. So they we, it's just as one finishes in the morning, the other one starts in the afternoon. And it's just like a tag team right <laughs> the way through the summer.
0: Fantastic. Um, so plenty of marquees um, to get up. How many people? Yeah. How many people are in attendance on on a typical camp? Um,
1: so it would depend on the age group, but there's it, there's always more than kind of seventy five, um, and it can go up to 110, oh. 120. Oh wow! But it would just it would just depend on the age group and what we can manage. Okay. So with the eights to 11s, because they need a lot more um you know care in the sense that you have to make sure they've got sun cream on and they've drunk enough and all the rest of it we we tend to have fewer on those camps and a a higher ratio of leaders Mm. so that we can make sure that we can look after them properly
0: okay what sort of activities then are you getting out so we do
1: all kinds of things so um so this weekend is really the setup so we'll be putting the the camps up uh, the tents up washing all everything washing all the stuff in the Cook house and things like that, washing the showers. and um, But then when the camp starts, so the following Friday, I'm cooking on the family camp. There will be all kinds of activities that we do. We've got um, a massive, for the young people, we've got a massive piece of plastic that we use as a slip and slide, and they really like good, a slip and slide. good uh, fun. We go down to the beach and we do crab fishing. Um, we do um, sand sculpturing on the beach. Uh, We play lots of games, lots and lots of games. And then each day um, we have two sessions where we talk to them about Bible stories and, and about Jesus.
0: During obviously, everyone remembers because it's still fresh in in our minds. Only a, a couple of years ago, um, what happened then in between 2020 right. and sort of yeah. 22?
1: So that was, um, that was a bit of a shock because obviously we had already put in quite a lot of planning mm. for 2020, uh, and then it obviously in March, um. We hit the first lockdown. We weren't sure whether that was only going to last for three weeks or longer. <laughs> um, so we carried on the planning, but then it became obvious we couldn't do it in 2020. In 2021, again, we were very unsure, but we decided, well, no, let's go for it. And if we can't do it at the last minute, we won't be able to do it. So we planned um, and then we met together in May um, as to, uh, Uh, leaders of all the camps and decided whether we were going to go ahead in 2021 or not. Um, Some of the camps decided that they couldn't run the camp as they would want to run it because of all the restrictions. Um, On the 8th to 11th camp, we decided that we would go ahead. um, And we were very fortunate because it was um, lovely, lovely weather. So we just dropped all the sides of the marquees. So we were actually an outdoor event um, and so we were you know we had to follow all the legislation with hand washing and stuff like that but we were able to to run the camp in 2021 so we only missed one year oh, amazing. Um, for the covid for, for the, that camp yeah. the other camps missed two years mm. because they didn't feel that they could sure. um, run it properly so yeah so it, it's it was difficult but we've picked up again so that's great so last year was the last the first year since covid that we ran all of the camps we were low on numbers on a lot of them because it's been two years out uh, but this year the numbers have gone up again and um they're, they're full now so they're
0: yeah, fantastic and we, we talk about obviously equipping uh, younger people tell us about some of the successes there of, 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 of what you've seen from the, the the number of years that you've been involved
1: yeah. so so all of the camps now at studland are led on my camp um not say on my camp but on the other camps they're all led by people adults who were children on the camps many of them became christian on the camps became a christian so so they're they're led by them we also have what we call our emerging leader program on the eights to elevens camp so we've got um this year i think we've got 39 eights to elevens and then we've got nine 14 to 18 year olds and we're training them in leadership so um, this year we've got three i think it is of last year's emerging leaders that are now old enough to be four yeah. adult leaders Great. on the camp. So so that's how we're trying to do succession planning um to, to get, you know, so that people come. So for example, one of the young people, she's been coming um with her grandma since she was five. She's wow. gone through the eights to elevens camp. She went through the emerging leaders and now this year she's gonna be a full adult leader on the camp.
2: It's really an inheritance, isn't it? It
1: is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it comes back to that multiplication again, doesn't yeah. it? That we're seeing so much um, of what God is doing in the lives of young people.
0: Fantastic. Correct. Let's have another song, because I, I said to you, I want to make sure we get all of these songs, songs in, in. Um, during, yeah. during the show today. We're going to Josh Groban next.
1: Yeah, so I think I've chosen this one because many young people I work with, um, they just don't feel that they're loved Um, and I think that's really sad because they are Um, and some adults I think struggle with this as well they just don't feel like they're loved and they just want to give up um give up on life give up on um all that um they're doing and and i think that's so sad and josh groban put it into words which i couldn't have done um and he says you are loved don't give up it's just the weight of the world when your heart's heavy i will lift it for you and that's what jesus does
0: You know what I. I love that song. I didn't realise it was that song before we started playing oh, it. It's, it's, right? it's one of my mum's favourites as well. I think mean, this was the song that made her fall in love with Josh Groban and then and uh-huh. follow him to like, you know, Sydney Opera House and all that yeah. was just So, yeah, playing that one for my... If it's OK. <laughs> yeah, you're playing it for your mum. <laughs> that's one to my mum as well um, this, this morning on uh, Community. Um, now, Sharon, uh, thank you so much for everything that you shared. I mean, there's, you've probably gone for another hour talking about all the bits and pieces. Um, I'm sure you'll be back again love to have you uh, oh it's uh,
1: been great to be here
0: uh, back um but just 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 to round up a a few things because we've been speaking about the the organisations that you've been working with um for for many years um uh, both uh, Pace and um Urban Saints all the camps for this year's Urban Saints camps in this local area are all booked up aren't
1: they yeah they're they're all full now so but but next year they'll be open again and you can find out um so it's on at Studland um on Manor Farm um so not very far to go um and you can find all the details on our website
0: yeah that's urbansaints.org where you can find your local group wherever you're listening here in BCP or, or beyond um, mm-hmm. you just put in your postcode and you'll be able to find that um, also want to mention Pace they've got a sponsored yep. prayer walk coming yeah, up yeah so they?
1: we did this last year um, and 10 of us went last year we want to double those numbers this year so if you're um, into walking and even if you're not actually we, we're we going to walk from Sandbanks to Hengisbury Head on Saturday the 9th of um, September uh, from 10 o'clock In the morning, we'll probably get there by sort of up to two, three Mm. o'clock. It's all on the promenade, so anyone can come. Um, So as long as you can. any, even in wheelchairs, people could come. So, if you want to come and um, raise funds for uh, Pace, we would really appreciate that because we need funds to be able to carry on the work in schools. Um, then, do go onto the Pace website. Um, it will go up this afternoon. Um, all the details and how you can get a sponsor form.
0: Yeah, that's pace.org.uk, and that's Pace with a C.
1: C. In yes. case
0: okay. uh, okay, so you're wondering. Um, yeah, what makes it? What makes it sound like a stupid question? I'm going to put my mind, it's not a stupid question, no such thing as a stupid Stupid question. I'm going to put my mind in the, uh, we're talking about kids always come up with the best question. What makes it a prayer
1: walk? Okay, so um, when we start at Sandbanks, we've got someone who's got a beach hut there, so we Mm -hmm. sit outside the beach hut and we pray for the schools in. Hall. When we get to Bournemouth Pier, uh, oh, wow. we pray for the schools in Bournemouth. Great. And then when we get to Hengistbury Head, we pray for the schools in Christchurch. Amazing. So it covers the whole of BCP. Um, and we're praying right at the beginning of the new academic year for all the children's staff in all of our schools in BCP. 90.1 Hope FM and HopeFM.com.